You're listening to Little Pricks Podcast. We're so happy you're here. Get comfortable and enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Little Pricks Podcast. Ooh, ooh, ooh. We've got your host, Devin. Yep, that's me. He's the first half or other half of the Little Pricks team, and you've got oh, yeah. me, Fareed. I'm the better half, obviously. You're the half lobotomized half right now. I am. There I is don't. no way you were the better half. I, I bumped my <laughs> noggin. I was riding my mountain bike. He tried to marry his head to the floor, and now it ended in divorce. Yeah, no doubt. Dude, I had to go. I had to get that cut glued. I had to get a tetanus shot. My ribs hurt. Show the camera your face. I don't know if it'll show. There we go. We've got some yellowing around the eye. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Yeah, it started to like bruising. We all know why, right? What? Because in your marriage, the ground told you to do something. You didn't listen. Oh, yeah? Is that yeah. what happened? Yeah. So you got your first black I said, keep your tire on the trail. I said, how about I don't? And it said, how about? Don't hit your hands, I man. I know. My hands are really sore. Why do you get? He keeps hitting his hands. He's just broken. He's got like a bruised rib. Dude, I've got gravel on my hand, too. He's got gravel in his hands, which yeah. probably shouldn't pick at right now, especially on the podcast. No, this is the perfect time, I think, actually. <laughs> like I said, this is where Devin's head is at right now. Oh, I didn't think it was too bad until like today I was at work and I just, I just feel foggy. Like I feel, yeah. I feel out of my element. And the funny thing is, he's like, man, I don't feel right. I'm a little sleepy lately yeah. and I don't have an appetite. I'm like, could that be a mild concussion? Just a mild concussion. Valid. Yeah, yeah. it probably is. However... I rode like 11 and a half <clears throat> miles after the crash. So Just because you have a concussion doesn't mean you can just stop doing things all the time. If it's a mild enough concussion, you can survive. You're just yeah. not 100% anymore. No, no, I'm not. I'm not. I would, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to solid like 75. I would say you are solid 75, yes. Yeah. Anyway. Yes. <laughs> so that's what's going on in my life in the past week, Freed. And the funny what thing. What do you have? <laughs> so he got his head... Buried into the floor, right? Yes. That was on Saturday? Sunday. That was Sunday. Um, I was doing boxing. Uh, that was boxing classes, not kickboxing that day. Yeah. I did one of my first spars, and I didn't know that you have to form the mouth oh, guard God. to your mouth. I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know. I can't believe you didn't know that. I didn't know. Did you play, did you play any sports before you got into boxing? Only all? tennis. I did tennis, yeah. And I did running for a while. Okay, fair. Right? So I didn't know you had to do mouth guard. I almost did wrestling, but I was like, God, I want to go. Yeah. (laughs) I want to be at home. I don't want to be around these people anymore. No, that's fair. That's fair. That's how I knew about it was football and wrestling, yeah. But yeah, if you read the instructions in the box or like the package, it tells you to boil it. So here's the better part, right? I got so excited in class because they're like, who wants to do a spar? And I was like, I'm ready. Yeah. I want to do this. Man, you signed up for it. It wasn't like, hey, oh, Freed, come on, man. You've been here long enough. And you're like, oh, okay. No, they were like, who wants to do it? And I was like, I want to like do this. Like, I will on. volunteer gladly to get punched in the face on purpose. That's exactly what I did, right? So I put on my head again. They're like, put your mouth guard in. So I open the package, ignore all the writing on it, and like, write my mouth. And I'm like, wait, wait. So nobody said, see, that's when I would have said something to you is when you have the brand new mouth guard unopened, you open it up and put it in your mouth. I'd have been like, hey, bro, 
Nobody said a thing. Wow. Not a single thing. I think they looked at me like. <laughs> yeah, they got to fight like this kid's going to get his shit wrecked. Dude. Oh, yeah. And the best part was, so I put this in my mouth and I can't breathe now. Yeah, right. Because this thing is just this big thing. It's just like... this giant guard in your mouth. Yeah. And it keeps trying to fall out of my mouth. And I can see my opponent, like, he's talking with his mouth guard. I'm like, how are you doing this? How, are, how can you talk? Yeah. I can't breathe, but you can talk. So we go in there, and I do a pretty good job at first yeah. while there's still, like, oxygen in my lungs. Right. And as we start to really get moving, right, and I'm, like, slowing down and slowing down. And I'm just like, yeah. I can't get air inside, right? And at one point, was I'm, like, getting dizzy from not breathing, right? I get a solid right hook to the oh, right yeah. to the ear. Of course. And uh, at that point, I'm like, are we done? Yeah. <laughs> and I couldn't even say anything because my mouthpiece kept popping out. I was like, oh, oh, oh. Yeah. And they're like, keep going. Keep going. I'm like, oh, oh okay. Yeah. <laughs> I kept going. And I got hit in the solar plexus twice after wow. that. Right? And after I realized that after I got hit in the head that hard, yeah. I can handle anything. Yeah, fair. Like, I'm going to keep going. I couldn't breathe, but yeah. I kept going. Honestly, I'm surprised that I kept riding after my crash. Dude, I hit the ground so hard. Like, there was no time to react. Yeah. I was going so fast that I was just riding one second. Next second, I was not riding. And that's how I felt about getting hit in the head, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. So I get this hit to the head. I get hit in the solar plexus a couple of times. And finally, we both tap out because I can't breathe. And his shoulder is just done, right? Yeah. He's been training so hard. <clears throat> and I guess he injured it at one point. So we're both like, yeah, good, good game, good game. Because yeah. I, I get a couple of good shots on him, right? Yeah. And I hit him once in the shoulder, the bad shoulder. And he was like, okay. Yep. We're He's good. like, I'm done now. We're tapping out. And so we, we both did pretty well. And then everyone was like, why couldn't you breathe? And I pulled out my mouthpiece. I'm like, that's. That's why. That's not right. That's it. So, yeah. So we both got a head injury. Yeah. Yep. And I was sore. My entire neck was sore for I the bet. next three Getting days. Getting rocked that hard. Absolutely. I, I had a headache for the next two days after that. Wow. Yeah, I just live with it. I was like, this is a trophy. Really? This yeah, is great. Right. It sounds like you got more head trauma than I did because I've never had a headache the whole time. That's kind of worse, I think. Like briefly, when like the day I did it, I had a headache, but it was, like, it was like a three certain, out of ten pain headache. I'm almost not. certain if you don't have a headache, it's worse. Yeah. I mean, I had one the first day, but that's it. I have to imagine that your head just went. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mine didn't. Mine went. Right? I got some bubble in there. Hmm. Which means my head has a chance to dissipate energy. Yours did not. No, mine just hit a rock. <laughs> you just hit a rock. Yeah. Buddy, we should take you to the urgent care. No. I already went. I already went to the urgent care. Oh, okay. I'm fine. Okay. So anyways, we have a fantastic topic for you guys today. <laughs> Yo, on that note. On that segue. You are listening to two podcasters with head injuries currently. Right. Yeah. We're going to do our best, though. I'm excited for it. I think it's, it's actually, a good topic. It's a really good topic. We haven't decided what to name it yet. We will by the end of this, right? Yeah. But it, it's involving low self-esteem. Yeah. And it's, again, I don't have the word for it, but it, it involves a feeling, right? And so the question hmm. I would start it with is, do you ever get the feeling that you just don't know why people around you interact with you or show you love? Yeah, I, I think I've definitely experienced that before. Um, you experience that in a lot of different ways, like friendships, coworkers, relationships, um, I've often, I, I like to call it, or it seems to me it's like similar to imposter syndrome. Oh, absolutely. That's like, a good way of looking at I'm it. I'm not a good enough person or I'm not interesting enough or I'm not attractive enough or I'm not smart enough for these people to want to have anything to do with me. Why do they want anything to do with me? Oh, absolutely. For sure. I've, and I've totally been down that road. 
And I would say that's a battle that you fight with, I would say, on and off throughout life, especially if you're not treating yourself very well at that time in life. Yeah. Right? And I mean, that feeling of, of being like you question yourself. Yeah. Why, why did the people around me love me? Why, you know, I could ask, like, why does Devin hang out with me? Yeah. Right? You start to build this false narrative, huh? Mm. That he's so cool. He's right. so much fun. He could be hanging out with other people. Why choose me? Right, and that goes, and that can get especially worse uh, around loved ones. Yeah, or, sure. Or, or, or relationships, right? Like, yeah, especially depending on your attachment <clears throat> style, like anxious attachment, sweeties. I feel for you because yeah. I've been there. That's me. I'm the anxious attached. Oh yeah, or the yeah. avoidant. That's, yeah, that's, that fear of abandonment with the anxious attachment styles. Absolutely, have you constantly make asking these questions? And I would say that that sensation um, can get a lot worse, especially depending on how how intimate the relationship is. Hmm. So, for example, that sensation of becoming a burden on somebody that loves you, like your family member, your close friends. And I think the biggest one for me would be your actual relationships, romantic relationships. Hmm. And that feeling only gets exacerbated by by your low points. Oh, for sure. You get that low point, you get the little negative uh, situation, or you get like you butt heads about something, or just something adverse occurs, and you can just spiral with it. that's not what I'm going for here. So what I mean is, let's say that you are in a relationship with a person you care about dearly, you love them, it's romantic, and you start going through your personal low point, and then you you see your, your partner happy to see you, excited to be around you, and you don't feel that great, so you start to wonder, like, why are they even with me? Oh, wow. Why are they, like, I don't match this, you know? You might look at your partner, like, she's beautiful. Why are you with me? I'm mm. boring. I don't understand why she's here. A lot of that is exacerbated by your low point. Yeah, that and, like, if you feel like you carry, like, a weight or you're bringing baggage or <clears throat> things like that into the relationship. And, and one thing I'd like to touch base on with that is <clears throat> give people the chance to love you anyway you know like that's a great one give people the chance to love you anyway because as we're discussing this and we're talking about having that feeling of being like well you know you feel like you're a burden to people or why would they want to be with me i have all this baggage or why would i even bring this or that up because like it's just too much right but like don't take that choice or don't take that opportunity away from somebody to love you anyway or to or to just love you through it you know like and you know, then you might ask the question, "Oh, well, what if what if it's too much?" Well, then let them have the opportunity to tell you it's too much and communicate, right? Yep. And so, I'm I'm gonna take this moment right here to do a pause, right? Yeah, yeah. And say that these feelings aren't just for romantic partners; they're for anyone that's close to you. You can yeah. feel this way towards uh, parents loving you, siblings, yeah. close friends. I've done it in friendships, even. You know? Absolutely, we we I think we both have. I'd say. Yeah. But these are the feelings that oftentimes come with severe depression. And often feelings of self-harm. And so if you are at that point... I was not expecting that. I would like to go ahead and put down on the screen the suicide hotline. Yeah, Because you do deserve to be here. People love you. We want you around. You know, obviously, we love our followers. But people intimate and close to you do love you. And that's when those feelings start to affect you the most. When you are already kind of getting close to that line of self-harm. So please keep that in mind. If you're feeling that... It's a great indicator that maybe you need to get some help. Hmm. Do so, please. And we'll put that yeah. right down on the bottom. Yeah, right awesome, there. man. Yeah, good, good, good call. So, so this kind of all boils down to it's low self-esteem. Yeah, right. Yeah, and, absolutely. and the question becomes, what is low self-esteem? 
Well, I mean, just lack of self-worth. And, and I think that low self-esteem looks like you not believing what other people say about you and you not seeing yourself in the same lens that other people see you in. And that can stem from a lot of different places. What, what, what do you feel like as a whole? Um, well, we're going to go ahead and use more of an official okay. uh, definition of it. So low self-esteem, when someone lacks confidence about who they are and what they can do, often feel incompetent, unloved, or inadequate. Hmm. And that is according to WebMD. Yeah. So, so that just comes with a lot of sensation of inadequacy. And that seems to fit the bill just right, I'd say. Yeah, for because sure. Because at that point, you're sitting there questioning why you're around, why people keep you around. Yeah. And so now that we have the understanding of what low self-esteem is, right, it, it's driven from a low idea of self-worth and inadequacy. And yeah. more importantly, it's not having trust or confidence in your own abilities or your own value that you bring. Right. And so now we're going to ask ourselves the question, how does that low self-esteem manifest itself? Um, what does it manifest itself in like relationships, both romantic and non-romantic? Hmm. Okay. I, I would say in its most extreme cases, like self-sabotage. Ooh, that's a good one. Like for just, okay, I'll, I'll just speak about me personally. Like for me in the most extreme cases, low self-esteem came in the form of self-sabotage. Like I would be so just wrecked mentally thinking and preparing myself for the worst that then you, you have like intertwined in there, like that fear of abandonment um, and those feelings of inadequacy. And I would literally sabotage good relationships, friendships, because I was so afraid of people leaving me because I had that constant feeling of low self-esteem and, and, and inadequacy. And, and just that caused me to be in a constant spiral where I'm looking for reasons why somebody's going to leave me and not be friends with me anymore and not be in that relationship with me anymore, find somebody that they love or like better than me. You know, like it was to a point like I couldn't even like the thought of people going out and like having fun, doing other things made me sick because I was like, oh, fuck, you know, like, and I didn't know what that was back then. But like hindsight, I'm like, wow, it was just that humongous fear of abandonment, that low self-esteem. When they wouldn't do it with you, wouldn't invite you, so to speak? Yeah, well, and even if like there was an invite or like for some reason I couldn't go, I'd get like a knot and a pit in my stomach because Same. I'm like, oh, 100%. shit, you know, and, you it, feel like, left and, out. I, and I didn't even know why I felt that way, but I just knew that it made me feel sick, nauseous and anxious and that afraid that something you. bad was going to happen. Right. But like, even if I got invited and I just couldn't go, I still felt that way. That's interesting. Yeah. So that's just FOMO at that point. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Just FOMO. But yeah, that, that's, that's how so manifested for me. You also, I know you had a quote from the book you were reading about this particular topic. Oh, well, I, just, I guess speaking from places that low self-esteem can manifest from another big place is uh, your relationship with your parents and your your emotional upbringing and and your, the emotional intelligence of your parents, right? And and the book um 100%. quotes that and I forget the name of it exactly, but it's um I'll down put below. it. Yeah, I'll put literally I'll put it on the screen. Great book, by the way. I'm only about a quarter of the way through it right now. Fantastic book. Definitely recommend you reading it. Um, it's something to do, like the, the title just basically is that adult children of emotionally immature parents. And on the surface, that sounds like a book that just bashes parents. It's not. It's about learning and understanding and accepting who your parents are and holding more space for love for them. 
uh, after gaining that understanding. But anyway, with the quote, it just says that, um, you know, children of parents who are emotionally uh, immature kind of get that low self-esteem and develop that belief that nobody can really just want to be with them because of who they are. Like, they believe and they behave in a way that they're only valuable if they have something to give in the relationship, right? Like, like nobody just wants to be with me just because of who I am and just to be with me, right? And We'll actually get to that here in a minute. Yeah. That's, that's something that we're actually going to touch upon here. Um, I think we've all felt that, but that actually relates back to our love series. Oh, the love series. Uh, If you guys haven't watched any of those episodes, man, those things. Pretty deep. We have not made a bad episode of the love series. It's fantastic. If you don't like any of our other episodes, I promise you, you'll like the love series. It's fantastic. I was going to say, they do relate back to our love series because that goes down to familial love, right? It starts there. Mm -hmm. Your parents teach you how to have your self-worth, your value. Yeah. Um, What I was going to get at next, right, is the low self-esteem typically comes from or a great foundation for it to come from. Hmm. Again, your parents maybe didn't get you where you needed to be, or maybe your peers didn't give you positive reinforcement. That's it, fair. That's it, another point it touches on is bullying and stuff. And, yep. Yep. It's There's always more than one place. Sure. Like, I, my example is me. I <clears throat> had a great relationship with my parents. They uplifted me. They were supportive. My peers, not so nice. And that gave me yeah. a huge complex, which we go down to the word of cognitive dissonance. Cognitive dissonance. Okay. That's where this is going to stay. Lay it on me. So cognitive dissonance, according to Oxford, Oxford languages, right, is the state of having inconsistent thoughts, beliefs, or attitudes, especially as relating to behavioral decisions and attitude changes. Mm. Uh, So what that basically means is that your thought of yourself in a scenario, situation, or in general does not line up with the true reality of things. Oh, okay. And I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example for myself. Uh, before I started doing therapy, before I started doing boxing, before I started doing a lot of these things, my cognitive dissonance was I felt like a tiny and small human being. Mm-hmm. I felt, you know, I'm 5'10", almost 5'11". Yeah. I weigh about 180 pounds. I'm not a small human being. I was going to say, yeah, it's not a very small dude. Uh-uh. Nope. I have mass to me. I take up space yeah. and... and I couldn't concept that. I couldn't understand that in my mind. I felt that if you were to come and just give me kind of a shove, I'd blow away with the wind. That's what my mind believed, hmm. right? So no I wonder ch- you like the boxing, huh? That's oh, helped, I huh? I love the boxing. <laughs> I, love- I bet, man. That's helped a lot. <laughs> it starts to remind you you weigh something. Uh-huh. And if you weigh too much, you're slow. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it, it gives you that, that, that false belief. And you create a narrative for yourself, right? If I am such and such small person, therefore, I uh, shouldn't be in certain scenarios. I don't trust hmm. myself in that scenario. Now okay. Because right. that is your, your cognitive dissonance. That can also come down to things of, of lack of self-worth. Yeah, sure. Right? If Absolutely. you believe now that in your brain you concept <clears throat> created that you don't have value. Yeah. So then you start to logically accept that, well, if I don't have value, why are they seeing value in me? Yeah. Then comes the imposter syndrome. Literally, like, man, I have had such dark experiences with this. I don't even know if they're like ones I want to share on the podcast, to be honest with That's you. But like, you. man, this is all, this is clicking a lot for me too, as you, we sit here and speak. You don't have to It's say so it. funny, man, because <clears> like, you know, we have this podcast and I'm, I'm just going to go on a tangent here for a minute, but I've had people say to me before... Um, 
like they watch the podcast or they watch some of the shorts and they're like, man, you know, like you could stand to say some of those things to yourself, you know, hundred percent. Oh, it crushes me. Just absolutely destroys me. They're teaching a lesson to the world that they just remind you of. Oh dude. Yeah. And anyway, I, I just, here's another weird one on that same tangent. Yeah. Do you realize that the people around you get a free insight into your mind and get to know you better than you know a lot of them now. Mm. Wow. That's fair. Yeah. That's yeah. something I've had to deal with recently that people are like, man, I didn't know about this, this, that. I'm like, yeah. wait, what? Wait, how do you know that? Yeah. You're like the podcast, dude. And you're like, wait a minute. I am revealing a yeah. lot of myself. Well, so you it, know. new friends, especially people when you get to know, mm-hmm. they can know a lot more about you. Before yeah. You or even, about even them. Derek, the, well, the guest we had a couple of weeks ago, friend of yours and now a good friend of mine, uh, he said the same thing. Like he would be like, oh, I didn't know X, Y, and Z about you. I didn't know that you did that or that you had that experience. I'm like, yeah. In fact, uh, go to offer some advice have a good conversation with them because of some of the experiences I've had and that I've shared on the podcast. Those Canadians really cool. are amazing people. Oh, they're great. Man. Amazing. They're people. so great. Yeah. So we've, we've kind of touched upon that cognitive dissonance. That's yeah. one of the things. And I think that the people that have that cognitive dissonance and then you mix in having too many one-sided conditional relationships. Oof, yeah. When you give and, and they simply <sighs> receive, I have friends, I had a couple of, uh, a friend I was talking to recently who was talking to me about that trauma. Yeah. Oh. Yep. So I had a friend that I was oh, recently I talking to. to. Your nose was itching or something. I thought you were about ready to get like super choked up, and I'm like, oh my gosh, what are we? What are we about to talk about? <laughs> no, I have something on my nose. Oh. That being said, it was a very sad story. Yeah. Edit that out, man. Hmm. Edit out me scratching my nose. Absolutely not. Oh, jeez. I'm gonna zoom in on your face. <laughs> oh well. Uh, we all are all human. Yeah. No, I was talking to a friend recently, and they were discussing with me the fact that they'd had too many conditional relationships in their lives. They'd only discovered it through therapy. Yeah. And that had taken a severe toll on them because now mm-hmm. they only saw themselves as a person that had to provide value. Yeah. And if they didn't provide value, then people dropped them. And I was going to say that the way that at least low self-esteem manifested in, my, in myself, I could relate to that. And we each deal with those things in different ways. So, for example... If I felt that I had to provide value and people only wanted me around for that, some people get really sad and kind of retract. Yeah. I did the opposite, <clears throat> not saying it's any healthier. Is I was kind of like stonewalled people? No, I would become hypercritical of myself. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And so in my hypercriticism, <clears throat> I became intensely hard on myself. Yeah. I would constantly Same. work seeking that, that unhealthy pursuit of perfection. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah, and, and similarly too, man, like it's, you know, when we talk about getting into those one-sided relationships, it's hard, man, because you don't realize, you know, when we're talking about where low self-esteem and everything like that stems from and, and talking about that relationship and upbringing with our parents and then like our peers and just like having experiences or bad experiences with relationships, you know, and, and you kind of get in that cycle and you kind of just get like this blueprint or like this foundation built on these experiences that you have where you're used to you know love or friendships or things being that way and it's hard to like break that cycle and get out of that when you don't even recognize necessarily that it's a problem right because that coupled with the fact that you just have low self-esteem and you know people just accept love that they think they deserve you know like when you have that low self-esteem of course you get in those relationships so 
And that leads us to a more important thing, right? Yeah. You start to accept the love you think you deserve. Your mind has already accepted that with that cognitive dissonance. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And so you start to perpetuate that cycle. Yeah. And once you're in that cycle, it's really hard to get out oh, of it. Oh, that's tough. Yeah. So it's that rough. leads us to another question. What does low self-esteem really feel like? And I want you to explain mm-hmm. to me your feelings of it. Chest pain. Heaviness. Like actual weight in my chest that causes physical pain. And it, it's it's like, even when I was a kid, I remember feeling this way. And it like makes you feel like you're like floating in an ocean. And you're just like, you're weightless, but you're like, you weigh a million pounds at the same time. It's so, it's so hard to describe. It's so bizarre. That's an interesting way to put it. Yeah. I've, I've never felt weightless. From Wait, weightless, but like also like there's a million pounds on your chest at the same time. That's, what, that's like, something I could relate with. Yeah. I always felt like it was the heaviest of weight. And the way it affected me and changed me yeah. is it turned me into a chameleon. Ah, okay. So I learned very quickly how to mirror people. Wow. And okay. so I would change my colors to meet that person's energy, needs, whatever. So it became that every single person got a different version of me. I feel like I can relate to that a little bit. Yeah, especially like when I used to drink and everything like that. Because like early in life, I never was, you know, like even when I was in high school and like beginning years of college, I was never a big drinker. But then later in life kind of took on that chameleon effect. And, and like once that kind of behavior like brought apart like a certain result that made me not feel so low in my self-esteem, then like I kind of did that more. And I can definitely relate to that a bit. The chameleon effect, as beneficial as it was, it was a total defense mechanism. Mm-hmm. And it was great because well, it worked so mechanism. well. It was a coping mechanism. It was a quick fix, a band-aid, a patch over the, the wound that was your low self-esteem and insecurity. Absolutely. Because it worked really well. People like you all of a sudden, mm-hmm. right? Because you're yeah. matching them. Or you at them. least get like the concept of that. You at least get the idea. But it left me drained at the end of at the end of each mm-hmm. day. So here's an example. Because it's not really you, you know? Uh, it's a portion of you, but not a portion of you to that extent. Like, yeah. it's a side of me that I turn up to like 10. Yeah. And that's really exhausting. So one of them that I would do is I wanted to make friends while I was out dancing. Uh, I would go out, and to make friends, I would just match people's energies. Yeah. And I would be that different person for each person. And I would find that in my... That does sound exhausting, yeah. It was very exhausting. For, for I want to say, a year or two, hmm. I went out and I made so many friends. And I would have an individual relationship with each, with each one of them. Hmm. And to the point where, like, they would try to pull me to each side. And yeah. it was so, like, rewarding to my ego. Wow. But it only fed a toxic side of it, right? Yeah. Well, that and then it's just like it's exhausting on your end, like you said, because you're just living a million different lives. Exactly. I had people craving my attention. And you don't know the euphoria that was like. Sure. Especially when you're used to that low self-esteem and just that terrible, heavy feeling, that lonely feeling. Yeah. I'm like smiling ear to ear because it felt so good. The (laughs) problem with it is, though, it wasn't real. Yeah. And now those people would have liked me. Either way, yeah, right. I just like I just effectively like uh, accelerated Mm -hmm. that relationship building because I was a mirror. I was them, and you get along best with yourself. Hmm. And so it was a really interesting time in my life. And I would say that again, the last eight months to a year, yeah, 
and I'm 32, by the way, might I add that I'm 32 years old figuring this stuff out, is that I've really come into myself. I'm a yeah. person that sits there and now says, no, I yeah. don't like that. That goes against my ideas, morals, and principles. And I think that's a good place to be, right? Because I think that, you know, genuinely addressing and fixing low self-esteem and these feelings of loneliness and this heaviness and all the things that we've talked about, I think the real key to that is coming into yourself and prioritizing the things that make you, you. And uh, another one I heard recently that was really helpful to me was that only people who are unsure of themselves and the directions that they are going need the company of people to feel like what they're doing is right. Mm, that's a good one. Cause, and that's true, right? Like, um, and it was in the context, and I, I wish I knew the, the creator, the content creator that it was, but he like runs every day. Every single day. He, he, David Goggins? No. Oh, okay. Not David Goggins. That man uh, is a savage. But this dude's like been running every morning for like 2,900 and some days, almost 3,000. He's probably over 3,000 days by now. And he made the point of like, and look around, no one's here. He's like, but that's okay. Because he's very sure of himself. He's very okay with himself. He does, He has that high self-esteem. He's, you know. So that's how I think. I, I've gone about it also, not running every day for damn sure. Definitely didn't do that. You are not a runner, sir. But, <laughs> but coming into myself and just like being okay with some of those things alone. And well, that brings up the question, right? How do you start to correct this? Yeah. And so one of the things that I have been working on, I think this is something I've always had innately in myself, yeah. but I've been really able to bring out into the light, yeah. is absolutely your self-talk. Ooh, okay. It's like your inner voice type your inner voice, right? It, I have trained myself. Not everybody myself. has that, by the way. We don't all have an inner monologue. It, it's it's rare, yeah. But yeah, not everybody has like an inner what? voice or like an inner dialogue or like or monologue rather. Okay, I need you guys to comment down below. <laughs> How many of you have a voice inside of your yeah. head? I, I do, but like there's I'm there, like, there's right even now. some people who can't like read a book silently. Like they have to like just very softly speak as they read books because they don't have that inner monologue if, if you don't have an inner like they monologue, like they can't just like think and hear something below. in their minds like they have to just if they think something they have to say it like they don't they can't just that's say just, it in their head that's astounding I, I swear i can't do that that, that <laughs> i have a voice and a song in my mm -hmm. head at all times yeah and a song same <laughs> ask ask Ali, it's hilarious like i'll literally text her sometimes and i'll be like this is a song on the on my radio today. It'll be like Bon Jovi or something random. Well, I, pl I played the song be... I had in my head earlier. Yeah. It's still in here yeah. the whole time. They're like songs I haven't heard in years, dude. Like just randomly pop in my head. Okay, so that's astounding. Yeah. But that's the first place to start is work on your self-talk. Right. So my self-talk I've trained and continuously trained, might I add. Yeah. It's not a thing that you like master and you're done. You must keep practicing. It's telling yourself the positive side of each potential coin. Yep. Right? People, oh, for sure. People like to convince themselves that, like, well, I'm just speaking to myself realistically. Quit it. Yeah. No, quit you're it. Not. You're being quit a negative your, little Nancy. Yeah, yeah, quit your crap. Because there's always a chance, you're right, that the negative outcome could occur. Yeah. But that's not what you focus on. But oppositely, so get the positive. So quit it. <laughs> what? So I said, so uh, and oppositely, so could the positive come out to be the truth. So like, quit being a little negative Nancy. Well, again, I have this quote that I like to listen to all the time where I remind myself of it, right? It's, what if the universe is conspiring for you? Hmm. Yeah. Meaning, 
what if everything is working for you, not against you? Well, and right? the same example I made at the beginning of the episode, like if what, what if they love you anyway? Well, absolutely. You know, right? Assume the best. Yeah. I'm going to go apply for this job. Yeah. I'll probably get it. And if you don't, I'll probably get something better. That's right. It's it's always reframing the situation and your self-talk into something more positive, more caring, more loving, and more optimistic for yourself. And I promise you right now, if you start to do that, your bad days become very, very infrequent. Yeah. Because you find something good in everything. Now, that's something that I also get from religion. That's something that might be more on religious people. But you don't have to believe in a god to be able to talk to yourself positively. I get it from believing in Satan. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. <laughs> Most people won't get that, man. Yeah, it's okay. I hope everybody... So, what? I hope everybody <laughs> thinks that I believe in Satan. He doesn't believe in Satan. It's a mockery, know. and he's joking. I want people to be clear about that. He is a staunch atheist at this point, <laughs> yeah. which I think is ridiculous. Agnostic seems most reasonable. That's fair. But that's a whole other conversation. That's a whole other conversation. Yeah. Um, the next part is, okay, so you're working on your self-talk, yeah. which makes the next step a heck of a lot easier. Yeah. And that is practicing your gratitude. Hmm. Sure. You know, while you're sitting there upset that, like, how could this person love me? How could they care about Why do they want me around? Yeah. Right? I'm, I'm having a rough time. I'm just going around telling everyone that I'm upset. Let's say you're going through a breakup or lost your job, whatever. You're, you feel like a burden. How about instead of saying I'm a burden to them, you give thanks and you say, thank God or thank whatever, right? <laughs> or I'm just thankful. I'm just Are you thankful. capable of saying that? I don't know. I'm just thankful. I am deeply rooted in my belief, sir. Yeah. I am just thankful that I have these people that care enough to listen. Yeah, yeah. And if... And, and, and I... You go ahead. Uh, no, I'm no, going to say please, something please. after. Go ahead, go ahead. I am grateful enough that I have these people that are willing to listen, that will pick up the phone or that, you know, want to hear me, yeah. ask me questions, and, and care about this. And then you go back to your positive thinking. I am not a burden to them. Yeah. This is part of loving people. Sure. And, and I would say that like that sounds really good, but depending on where you are in your journey of all of this and where you are in that low self-esteem, it's hard. It, you know, like we say, oh, get back into that positive thinking <clears throat> or be show, like have gratitude for those people that want to be in your life. But like sometimes... Self-esteem is just that low. You can't do it. And uh, my advice for that is when you can't, communicate. Ask for the reassurance. Like, ask for reassurance. Ask, like, hey, am I a burden? Do you feel like I'm a burden? And they'll be like, no. What the fuck are you talking about? I love you. No, you're not a burden. And and then it's it's easier to get into that like positive mindset and it gives you that little boost of like oh everything is okay. I will I will take a step back on that one because the communication is the next point here. That's fantastic, but. I would say that good self-talk requires practice. It is exercise. Oh, Oh, God. I exercise it all the time. I still battle with that. We all do. As much and as well put together you or I might seem, I can promise you right now, on the daily, I battle that. To be fair. I practice that self-talk. You've seen me lately go through Mm -hmm. some pretty rough stuff where I go in there going, it'll be fine. Yeah. And then it's not fine. And I'm like, but it'll still be fine. It's going to go better some way, shape, or form. But I would say that when you're at your lowest point, I think it's a great place to take a tiny step. Because everything is tiny steps, right? Mm -hmm. And say, you know what? If you're feeling like you don't want to be around anymore, Mm -hmm. right? One more day. Yeah. And keep telling yourself, one more day. Yeah. That's a great small step. Absolutely. And take little steps along from that. One more day. Maybe today I'll call mom. Or maybe today I'll call my friend. Yeah. 
they probably want to hear from me and I want to hear from them, right? And then that goes back to what you were saying earlier. The best thing you can do to start helping yourself with that is communication. Yep. Communicate. Talk and, and to reach those out around for you. Help, man. Reach out for help. <clears throat> and better yet, talk to people about the hard stuff, yep. emotional stuff. It's literally cry every, sometimes yeah, if you need sometimes. to. Literally all the things that we boast on this podcast every time. Be vulnerable, man. Be vulnerable. Be vulnerable. You are not an island. Yeah. You need a village. Yeah. It is even scientifically proven that humans Men's need a village. Need companionship, man. So it's literally a survival instinct. It's a survival instinct. Do not sit there and pretend that you can do this all right. on your own. Yeah. So whatever people you have, reach out to them. And let's say you don't have anyone or you feel yeah. you don't. Maybe it's time to start, first of all, looking around a little bit harder because you might be overlooking them. Yeah. Sometimes, two. yeah. Or two, nothing I say is always easy. Yeah. Maybe it's time to put a little hard work in and make friends. Let's say it's on mm -hmm. the internet. If you need to make an internet friend that makes you feel better, yep. do that, right? And then push a little further and try to make people friends in person. Yeah. It takes a lot of hard work, but your life is worth doing it. Absolutely. Having a good, happy, fulfilled life, sorry, content life yeah. is worth putting in the effort. Yeah, absolutely. And if you don't have anybody else, and I don't you believe got us. I think for yeah, you got us. Absolutely. Message us, you know. Comment at the bottom. Yeah. I would say that none of our lives are meant to be mediocre. No. We all deserve to live an extraordinary life. Extraordinary has different definitions for every person. Yep. Right? Maybe you're the person that just wants to stay home and read every fascinating book out there. That's extraordinary. Yeah. Right? That doesn't. It doesn't mean you have to be out doing the most eventful things out there. It just means you live your version of yep. an extraordinary life. Absolutely. We get one life. Don't waste it. Well, like you talked about mediocre. earlier, coming into yourself. Yeah. I think Come that's... into yourself. You know, if you're a person that says yes all the time, right? Yeah. Start saying no when you mean it. When you don't want to say yes, say no. Express yourself. Yep. Tell people how you feel. I don't like that. That doesn't align with me. Yep. Communicating, setting boundaries, and I will pursuing you. yourself, all these things. The ironic thing in all of that, by the way, is that when you start to set boundaries, yeah. people start to like you more. You would be surprised, but yes, that is the truth. And yes. that was one of my biggest things because, like, obviously, when you don't have very high self-esteem, like, you're not going to be fantastic at it, you know, because you're used to just having that anxious attachment or that fear of abandonment that, like, you being abrasive in any way, shape, or form is just going to make people want to leave you, I would say, even especially in relationships. I was that way. Absolutely. Romantic relationships. But, like, you would be surprised to know people like you more <laughs> when well, you just set your boundaries and you just communicate clearly you know would, would you like me to give you because well, they know you more right of course they and know you more the basic analogy is would you like me to give you a pound of gold yeah or a pound of water yeah which one would you prefer yeah, gold sounds nice <laughs> it's more scarce yeah when you're a little more scarce you're more desirable it's just it's the nature of humanity right mm, so it's okay to say no take. sometimes yeah right so and, and then on that same topic right do you want that pound of gold or that pound of water? Depends on your situation. I say it depends, man. If right? you're out in the middle of the desert on a you hot want day that water. and you're kind of lost, you might want that water. Which reflects on what's your circle. Yeah. Are you in a place where people can't see your value? Yeah. If that is the case, find a new circle. Be that glass of water for that person in the desert. Yeah. Simple as that. Find your circle. Cool. The next thing I would say that really helped me, hmm. and it was... My, my therapist helped me work through this one, was work on your cognitive dissonance. Right. Really recognize 
when you have a dissonance yeah. in your in your in your mind, right? That means analyze your your narratives, right? For me, it was rather easy understanding that I felt small. I could look analytically and say I'm 180 pounds. That's not small. Yeah. If I told someone I was 200, they'd look at you like, "Man, what the heck? Yeah. That's a high weight, right?" <clears throat> yeah. Because there's weight there, there's value. And so you have to look at it critically and say, well, the truth of the matter is I feel this way, but I'm actually this way. That was a big one for me. And you have to do that for every one of those things that seems that your mind is making negative. Yeah. People don't like me. Well, I, do, like they, I have friends that keep calling me. Yeah. Why? They do like me. Yeah. They, or else they wouldn't be calling me. You know, if you have a, a, a relationship... Why are they with me? Maybe have a conversation with them, yeah. right? Why are you with me? Again, I was going to say, I was getting ready to reiterate and re-mention communication, right? asking for that reassurance and, and help, asking for... Let them help you figure out, well, yeah. I'm with you because of your, your, your mind, your funny, your, your smile, right? Yeah. Let them help you critically analyze why they care about you. Mm -hmm. Now, that's not to say that you should be looking for validation in that person. It's to help remind you I don't think that's always negative, but... Yeah. No, no, no. It shouldn't be your only thing. Sure. Right? But it yeah, should yeah. remind you that there's almost like countable things, tangible things that you could look and say, no, 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 there's, there's a reason why people care yeah. about me. Yeah. And so that is the, that is the exercise you have to do, is take a, apart every single thing that you are unsure about. Yeah. And compare what you believe is the case to what actually is, and find how you make them make sense. And oftentimes you'll realize that your perception or idea of yourself made no sense yeah. only to Literally, you. Literally, as soon as we started this episode, I said that you're not seeing yourself through the same lens that everybody else sees you through. And I will tell you, for the longest time, mm -hmm. I had that issue with women. I was, wow. oh man, it was a rough one. Yeah. Right? Because it was part of my childhood trauma. Yeah. Right? It was, Getting picked on and stuff when you yeah. were a kid. Yeah. Why would women like me? Yeah. It made no sense to me. And you know when, and here's the funny part. My parents, God bless them, would tell me, "Because you're handsome, you're funny, right, you're charming. Sure. We love you." Yeah. And you get that. If you feeling. had a third eyeball on your forehead, your mom would tell you you're still <laughs> right. But that is a great example of that cognitive dissonance. Yeah. Because now you sit there. Well, they love me. They have to tell me those things. Yeah. No, they don't. Your parents can love you and not like you if you're just a jerk, right? <laughs> like if you're just a, <laughs> you're just sure. a dip one, right? It takes a give and take. Your parents. You usually will always love you. They don't always have to like you, right? <laughs> yeah. That's the same for anyone. But use that cognitive dissonance. And then, of course, going into and analyzing your relationships, buddy, are your ribs okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm just, believe me, I'm, I won't be cut to this frame when the final episode comes out. I'm just, I'm in pain. <laughs> I know you are. I feel for you. It's not it's emotional okay. either. This time it's physical. No, it's just from eating, eating it on the desert. Desert, hard desert, rock eat, eat, ground. It's not eat. soft sand out here. It's jagged rocks. Enjoying that Boy Scout pepper, are we, huh? Yeah. Enjoying like that, that uh, handlebar I took to my chest. Rocky croissant. Uh, Rocky croissant. <laughs> croissant. Eating them Hertz donuts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, sorry. Just don't then, mind me. One of the last ways I would say uh, that at least I've come up with is especially if you're one of those people that feel that you are in one set of relationships, that you are only appreciated for the value you bring and only the value you bring. It's never two-sided a conversation. Yeah. It's time to either reestablish those relationships, establish the conditioning that, hey, 
I'm not just a giver. I, you know, yeah. it needs to go both ways or simply remove yourself from those situations. Sure. That's fair. Which I think we've all had that. Like I used ah, to believe yeah. if I didn't provide help or my intelligence or being funny or something, something, right? I wasn't valuable yeah. or money. That was a rough one for me being a guy, mm-hmm. money. Yeah. Oof. That one's a rough one. You need to, you know, separate yourself from that situation. In and of itself, each suggestion mm-hmm. will help. Yeah, but if you can so. slowly Absolutely. baby step yourself into using all of them, yeah. I think your life will transform itself. Oh, absolutely, man. I mean, yeah. it has for I, mean, both it's, of us. I was going to say, I mean, I, I, you know, I would like to think that I'm in a fantastic place right now, but I can also very openly admit that it took years to get here. You know, like these processes aren't something that happened overnight, and these are things that you kind of have to apply to your daily and make habits of and it's it's slow you know it's a good example actually for both of us what's that could you have imagined yourself a few years back with your self-esteem on a podcast talking about your mental health no even when we first started this podcast you can tell like imposter syndrome well imposter syndrome and just like being shy about it or like my voice was very 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 quiet in the early episodes like i didn't like i was like all the way back here talking you had to pee before every episode dude i do remember that (laughs) damn you for not letting me forget i literally yeah every episode you'd be like just got to me right before hold on yeah and now it's just and i would squirm second nature yep you squirmed a lot um, and you did this with the microphone. That's why around. that's why we have mounted ones now. Because when we try, when you were trying to hold the one, you just like I don't get to be silly with the microphone anymore. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you know, and actually, one of the things we noticed with some of our guests yeah. was the first thing they tell us: I don't know if I have anything to provide to this. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't know yeah. if I belong on that podcast. I don't have anything good. Which to is give. like totally not true. I know. It's like, come on now. You're being yeah. asked for a reason again. That's your own cognitive dissonance, and yeah. you know. Not that you only provide value if we ask you to be on here, but it's something to keep cognizant for yourself, yeah. right? You, yeah. you have to check yourself in those kinds of things, which brings us to our very, very beautiful conclusion, I'd say, right? And, yeah. and that is that this is a very common problem. I would say that damn near yeah. every one of us oh, deals with on. this. Yeah. At some point. And, and the solutions will take work, but they're not work. complicated work. They're yeah. just... Heavy lifting. Yeah, and, a lot of heavy lifting, a lot of do. emotional labor. A lot of that can simply be reframing the way that you think about your ideas. Yeah, right? communicating, asking communicating. for reassurance when you need it, and, and allowing the opportunity for, again, people to love you anyway. And that's romantic partners, that's friends, that's your family, that's whoever. I think uh, I love that one the most. Just let people love you. Yeah. And people do. And if you don't see it, Reframe your mindset because you're yeah. probably trying to prove yourself wrong. Because I bet you you can't constantly you challenge can, yourself for the good, yeah. right? Aim yeah. for that good side. Forget that that negative side of the coin exists. Mm-hmm. If you need to be a little realistic, reframe that as well, right? You could fail. You may have people that might not treat you right, but guess what? It's for the better, mm-hmm. right? Here's a good one: it's like rejection, which is something a lot of us struggle with, right? And yeah. I actually had that conversation today with one of my employees. Mm. We were joking about because you've been cold calling businesses lately yeah. to get fleet accounts. He looked at me and he says, <laughs> "My buddy, I don't know if I'm equipped for all of this rejection." <laughs> oh, that's pain. Poor buddy. And I looked at him. I was like, "Buddy." Strap in. Strap in. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> not to get so much worse. <laughs> You're going to get a lot more rejection. 
but that's going to make every yes so much sweeter. Yeah. And you're going to get fewer and fewer rejections the more you practice this yeah. and you work on it and you reframe it because the rejection doesn't have to be a no always in this tense. Yeah. It can just be a lesson for how you to come back at it later. Yeah. Right? And in, let's say in, in personal or romantic relationships, a rejection is not a bad thing. Nah. It is a great indicator for people that do not suit you. And no so doubt. Don't well, say, say that one more time. Do you go ahead and do that a again. Rejection is a great indicator for people that do not suit you. Wow. That's a you good one. Do man. not have that's to That's one of my favorite that. ones you've ever said, actually. Well, well thank you. That's sir. up there. That's top three, Bob. Have fun with that one. No. No, that's a good hand. hand. It's a good hand. Okay. This is the bad one. My left hand's the one that's hurt. <laughs> He's got the dirty hand. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Um, it's, it's just that we view rejection often as the most negative thing and it's not it really isn't it's a chance to learn it's a chance to free yourself of people that are not good for you it's a chance to improve yourself and you have to be Mm self-aware that's one of the biggest things be self-aware if you can look at rejection rarely has anything to do with who you are as a person and when it does again it's a chance to be self-aware yeah you know let's say you had the blessing of someone communicating to you that hey um you seem nice, but you came on too strong. I'm just not interested anymore. Yeah. That can either lead you to understand that, hey, maybe I have to work on coming on too strong. Or, hey, these kind of people just aren't right. for me. Just aren't for me, man. Right. I'm just the kind of person it's... that's direct, straightforward, and says what I am after. I know I have my goals, and I know that where I'm trying to aim and the, where I'm trying to go. There's a good thing to every mm-hmm. part of rejection. So you can look at that and make it benefit yourself. That's a good aspect. I'm glad you brought up rejection. That was a good point. That was because a good, that was a good at, thing to add. It's a positive side to every, yep. every option. Every Absolutely, outcome. man. No doubt. So these are all tools that you guys can use to work on your personal self-esteem. Yep. And it's, I'm not going to say jump on every single one of them at once. Yeah. Take them step by step. Baby steps. They might look like a millimeter today, an inch tomorrow. Yep. And a meter in a month. Yep. You never know, man. Growth is not linear. No, never is. Never will be. You will take steps back. Yep. Like you said, not linear. It will. One hundred percent does not always mean one hundred percent every day. It might mean seventy percent today and thirty tomorrow. Yeah. Just how it is, you know. But at the end of the year, end of the month, the week, whatever, you will be better for it. No doubt. And remember, you have value. You matter to people, whether you realize it or not. And your absence would be felt in this life if you were not around. Booyah. So I want to remind you again: if you are feeling concerns of self-harm feeling like you just don't belong again the helpline will be at the bottom and please seek out help therapy friends loved ones little pricks podcasts little pricks podcast (laughs) right and we will most likely guide you to therapy to be fair yeah because sometimes we get too many messages but we still care about you and that's why i'm reiterating this point we want you here yeah right we i would rather deal with someone on their worst day Mm -hmm. than having them gone yeah no doubt so Well said, buddy. I think on that note, it's time to go. It's time to go. Thank you guys for tuning in. Please like, subscribe, follow. Share this with a friend you think could really use this. I think this is one of those episodes that actually carries weight. Yeah. I think a lot of them carry weight. But this one was... This one specifically, I think, is home for a lot of us, right? Yeah, for sure. For sure. I I even learned a lot from it. So So from your half-lobotomized hosts... (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in. This is this is actually Adam who they took a rib from to create Eve. Oh, God. Something. I feel like that's what happened. I feel like that thing's just gone. Which is funny because you don't believe in it. Nope. Fairy tales. We'll see you guys next week. Please tune in, and we'll see you guys again soon. Adios. Bye.
Yeah. Ah!